With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you once again, and it's been a while. Welcome back. Thank you for uh, giving me some time. I've, uh, you know, it was it was a slower time in Hawkeye sports, and uh, after the whirlwind of football season and basketball season, and you know the you know, waving my hands at everything, <laughs> the, the craziness that we've all gone through over this last year plus. Um, needed a little break, needed to recharge the batteries a little bit, and I certainly did that. Uh, but there has been things that have happened since we've last spoke, and we will get into a, a lot of those things here over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to keep this one focused, though, on today's media availability with Iowa head basketball coach Fran McCaffrey. Fran met with the media via Zoom earlier this afternoon. I have not listened to any of this. I have seen uh, some of the tweets and things that came out during it, so I know a little bit about what he talked about. I know he gives an update on Jordan Bohannon. I know he talks about uh, Joe Wieskamp and, and his kind of process, as we still don't know if Joe is going to try his hand at the NBA or, or make a return to the Hawkeyes. I think we're all kind of working under the assumption that he is going to leave, but hey, we're sitting here in June. He still has a month plus to make the decision, but the decision hasn't been made yet, or at least if it has, it hasn't been made public. And so um, if you're holding out hope that Joe Wieskamp will return for his senior season at Iowa, I think the fact that we don't know yet is probably good news. Although, again, I'm still... Uh, working under the assumption that ultimately he will go. The Jordan Bohannon stuff from, what, a week and a half ago, the video comes out, uh, all of the fallout from that, all of the bickering on Twitter, the back and forth, the he said, she said, the what happened, the Zapruder film uh, breakdown of, of this video, this cell phone video that was taken out of, I believe, D.C.'s bar in Iowa City outside of there. Um Late Saturday night, or I guess early Sunday morning, uh, a couple of weekends ago, where Jordan Bohannon is uh, is hit and seemingly knocked out. Uh, as I will put it, he was assaulted, uh, didn't see it coming, kind of punched out of nowhere. Uh, the Cedar Rapids Gazette reported that an ambulance was called for, and uh, and I, the way I will put it, was a serious head injury. Uh, Fran talks about that. He says Jordan has recovered, is ready to go as they kind of start back with practice. And then, you know, where where are these guys going? Where where has the uh, progress been made? 
Chad Lysico had a great piece on Keegan Murray, uh, how he has grown literally and figuratively, and how he is becoming or is, you know, now clearly uh, on the radar of NBA teams and NBA scouts uh, heading into his sophomore year at Iowa. There's a lot of smoke around the fire that he's a potential first round pick a year from now in the NBA draft. And if that's the case, we should probably enjoy what we have left of Keegan Murray. And then hope that his brother Chris is identical to him in more ways than just the way that they they look. Because Keegan uh, showed a lot as a freshman last season. We didn't get to see nearly as much of Chris Murray. But by all accounts, Chris has some of those same skills and has some of that same ability. Uh, and, And Fran expects him to be a factor on this team and in this program moving forward. There's a lot of unknown with this basketball team and this basketball program. But I'm optimistic. I stay optimistic, so that doesn't say a whole lot, I guess. Uh, but but I'm excited to, to see what this team has, to see the chemistry, uh, and, and to hear here what Fran McCaffrey had to say today. Just a couple of other kind of quick hit things. Congratulations to the Iowa track team, Big Ten champions once again. I believe seven individuals and two relay teams are headed to Eugene, Oregon next week for the NCAA championships. Uh, shout out to the Iowa women's soccer team who made that incredible run through the Big Ten tournament into the NCAA. A tournament that was a lot of fun. It's always fun when a sport that you don't follow day to day, really even year to year, that that at least I don't pay a lot of attention to, jumps up and bites you and makes you pay attention. And that's what the soccer team did this year, and that was a lot of fun. That's what Iowa baseball did several years ago under Rick Heller when they made their first appearance in the NCAA tournament uh, in a, in a long time, and they've had a couple of appearances, but fell just short this year, stumbled a little bit down the stretch, lost series to Northwestern and Illinois uh, late in the year, and just outside the bubble of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Not going to be a a postseason this year for the Iowa baseball team, which is a bummer and, um, you know, speaks to the, I guess, Early decision making of of the Big Ten kind of bites them again. the The lack of non conference games really hurt the RPI. The lack of a Big Ten tournament probably hurt in some ways. Um, the Big Ten has just not handled the COVID thing very well. They've had a lot of hiccups. They've had a lot of trips. Um, you know, from canceling the football season prematurely. Which maybe at the time didn't feel premature to a lot of people, but it, it ultimately was right because they ended up having the season, um, and all of the issues that that went on with that, and uh, we've talked about those ad nauseum. So no need for me to uh, to pile on Kevin Warren any more uh, than everybody else already has, but certainly some short sighted decision making in, in a really tough circumstance. I mean. I don't envy the position that Kevin Warren or the league or really anybody in any of these uh, leagues were put in last year, but the Big Ten has stumbled a bit. Let's just put it that way. Uh, but it's it's always a good day to be a Hawkeye. Always good things. What the fo- the football? We've got some kick times. Uh, we we've moved the Maryland game into a Friday night game, which I'm I'm okay with because I don't have uh, other than my work responsibilities a lot to do with high school football. I don't have kids that age. Uh, I don't uh, you know I don't I don't go and watch those games very often. I try to get to one or two a year, but. Um, so I'm okay with the Friday night game, and Iowa has now won, I believe, six. Straight seven straight. Chad Lysico had this stat: seven straight Friday games. Um, now the last loss was a brutal one in the Rose Bowl, uh, but the 
last year at Minnesota was a Friday night game. That's one win. You had the Holiday Bowl was a Friday night. That was another win. And then I believe it was five in a row uh, on Black Friday over Nebraska since I was last Friday lost. So seven Friday wins in a row. Hopefully make that eight uh, against Maryland. The Iowa State game, the Cyhawk game in Ames this year again uh, will be a 2.30 kick. And, you know, just a, a lot of interesting things coming out of the Iowa football program that, again, we'll, we'll hit on at some point here in the coming weeks as I uh, kind of ramp myself back into podcast mode here on Hawkeye Nation. Again, I do appreciate your patience, uh, your loyalty, you sticking with us. And uh, without any further ado... Let's just go ahead and get into this. Uh, as I've done before, this audio and video is up at HawkeyeNation.com. Thanks to Rob Howe. He posted this today. I have not heard or seen much of this press conference. I'm just going to hit play. We're going to go through it together. Uh, when I hear something interesting or something I want to comment on, I will uh, I will stop and, and do so. And uh, if I don't have anything to add, I will just let it keep playing. And uh, I think this entire thing runs about half an hour, this press conference. So here is Fran McCaffrey from... From earlier today, I believe it starts with David Eicholt asking a question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. I don't think we've gotten a chance to ask you about uh, Riley Mulvey uh, since last time we met. How, how did those conversations go with in regards to him enrolling early and uh, just sort of how did those sort of develop and when did the idea sort of arise? We, you know, we felt like... Uh, he was close to uh, committing and, uh, you know, I literally watched him grow up. I coached his older brother uh, when uh, he was 10, when I had Connor and Patrick on that team. So I've known, that's how long I've known his family. And so we felt like he was going to come. Obviously we needed size and felt like he was ready. Uh, so we, we, we just kind of broached the subject with him. We didn't kind of try to talk him into it. We, we kind of floated the idea, and, and he was very receptive and feels like uh, getting here now, and he got here yesterday, you know, would really benefit him, you know, with our lifting program, our skill development program, and then obviously also our practice session. So. He's he's excited to be here. We're excited to have him. And obviously, he'll he'll continue to grow, grow uh, in terms of weight, but also you know just with his game. But I think he's somebody that uh, you know we can count on this year. Don Doxy. Yeah, Frank, I wonder if you, you could uh, tell us how J-Bo's doing after his incident a couple of weeks ago, and is he 100%, and and just maybe your thoughts on, on everything that transpired there. Yeah, he's full go today, so he'll practice today. Uh, talked to him regularly, you know, throughout the summer and since the season ended. 
And, uh, you know, I think he's in a really good place. Obviously, it was an unfortunate situation uh, that he had to deal with. But I think he's done really well with how he's dealt with it and anxious to get back out on the floor. Good to hear that Jordan is uh, is doing well. You know, we hadn't heard much about that since the report that, you know, he had, had been assaulted. Again, the video and all of that stuff. So uh, good to hear that he is 100%, didn't suffer anything real serious by the sounds of it, and is uh, is ready to rejoin the team and, and be out there for practice. Uh, it's going to be a big year, obviously, for Jordan Bohannon. Uh, the Riley Mulvey stuff is interesting as well. I think probably optimistic to think that he will have any sort of uh, major role on this team, or you know maybe you hope that he doesn't need to have a major role on this team with uh, Philip Robracha coming in and uh, and you know all of the other pieces that Iowa has, and so uh, hopefully Riley Mulvey. Um, you know, can can find time to work himself into the program the right way, uh, but who knows? I mean, we saw. Again, we saw Keegan Murray uh, break out as a freshman last year, so it's certainly not impossible to have a a young guy make a big impact on a team, especially in a spot where I was going to need some help. Mike Kalas? Fran, the press release that you put out when that happened, called it a serious head injury. Uh, Was it a serious head injury? And and as much as you can talk about it, you know, he, he must be all right. Yeah. I mean, he, he, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what I'm, what I'm allowed to say and all that stuff. Uh, but you know, you know, yeah, it was at, at the time it was a serious head injury and, uh, you know, he's, he's recovered. Tom Caker. Hey Fran. Um, in the past you've had some guys that have gone, you know, travel overseas with the with programs and things like that, take advantage of, of those development opportunities. Are you going to do that this year with any guys? Yeah, we're, we're going to have three guys go. Uh, uh, Keegan, Chris, and Patrick are going to go. Uh, the organization they usually travel with is uh, taking three teams it looks like it's going to be to Switzerland to play in a tournament there. Uh, Larry Brown's going to coach one team. Bayheim's coaching another team. And Frank Martin's going to coach another team. Uh, if for some reason something would happen and we, you know, and, and Switzerland would be closed, the tournament that we would go to would then be in, in uh, England. So either way, we're going to go. So you know, it'll be similar to what we've done in the past, Tom. They, they, they go into uh, fly to Newark, practice for two days at Manhattan College, and then head overseas. So uh, I'm excited for the opportunity for all three of them. It's possible that I might be helping Frank, uh, as I think everybody has, uh, and you know, all the coaches have an assistant. So since I'm going to be there, I might be helping Frank. But uh, it really, it's an opportunity for, for all three of those guys to uh, get some high-level competition and some good work in before they go over. John Bowencamp. Hey, Fran. Uh, with Joe Toussaint, how big is this summer for him and his development? And what, what do you think he really needs to work on at this point? Well, right now, he's still recovering from ankle surgery, so he, he will not be going today. He's close. Uh, you know, so right now all we're worried about John with him is, is getting him healthy and getting him back on the floor. 
you know, when he does, you know, just continue to progress the way that he has. I mean, he's been a really good player for us for two years. His role will obviously increase next year. So we want him to just con continue on that path, you know, how to run our break, how to run the motion game, how to put pressure on the ball, all the things that he's done well, just continue to get better. Okay, so that's that's news. Uh, I, I believe I don't think I had heard that Joe Toussaint underwent ankle surgery this off season. Uh, good to hear that that he's getting better, that he's recovering from that, and is uh, getting close to getting back out there. A huge, obviously, season coming up for Joe Toussaint in for for so many reasons. Um, it's time for him to take over. He had such a an interesting season as a freshman, kind of thrown in there as a point guard. Played really well in the Big Ten season at times, and and I, I thought was improving pretty drastically as the season went on. There were times last year on this podcast I called for him to become the starting point guard early in the year and, and move Jordan Bohannon out of that spot, bring him off the bench. Um, I think this team is a different team with Joe Toussaint. He had some struggles last season. He, there were games he didn't see many minutes, uh, but it's good to kind of hear that the team is fully behind him, that Jordan Bohannon is fully behind him. They, they're ready to pass the torch uh, to him as the as the point guard. Um, you know, Aaron Uless will, will get some time there as, as well for sure, but... Joe Toussaint is going to be the the leader of this team as far as you know running the offense and the speed and quickness and, and agility he has shown. If he can develop a little bit more offense, he's good getting to the rim. But if he can develop a little bit more of a shot uh, and and keep guys honest. He's got the potential to be a really good player and the type of point guard that we've all been clamoring for for years. The type of quick guard, uh, the type of defensive-minded guard, the type of guy who can get to the basket and find his own shot. Uh, he, I, I, I'm excited to see Joe Toussaint, uh, but surprised there to hear Fran say he's recovering from surgery. Chad Lystico. Hey, Fran. Um, we haven't talked to you actually about Jordan's return yet. I do not believe um, is he when he talked to us and, you know, he, he envisioned himself or said you envisioned him as a two guard. Is that kind of how for, for the most part, is that what you envision him as well? Um, now that you have a player that is transferred to that position? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, when you look at our roster, it's different than it was last year without Luca, and, and certainly with with uh, Jabo coming back and not knowing what's up with with Joe Wieskamp. Uh, you know, obviously we're giving him what he needs to figure out is is now the right time to head to the NBA. He's he's really been really working hard. I'm talking about Joe Wieskamp now uh, in preparation for. Uh, what will potentially be a combine invite and individual workouts for, for specific teams. So he's in great shape. You know, he's, he's been in Vegas training. Uh, he was here for a while and then he took a little vacation, but he's back training. So, uh, you know, when you lose, you know, Joe, Joe Wieskamp's three point shooting and Lucas three point shooting in particular, you know, obviously J ball is a guy that, you know, you play a full complement of games, he's probably going to make 93s. So, you know, he's he's a guard. You know, will we play him at the two? Play him at the, yeah, but my, my thought process is to get him as many shots as we can. Uh, will he never play the point? That's probably not going to be the case. He'll play some there. Uh, 
I would think throughout the course of the season. But but really, you know, we felt like uh, somebody who was an elite shooter uh, would really help this team. And I think he saw the same things that we saw and he wants to help in any way he can. Back to Tom Kaker. And one of the questions I get a lot from fans is, are you guys going to be going to a holiday tournament, a MTE or anything like that? What, what, what are the plans this year for that? I think we'll do what we kind of what we did last year, Tom, do something here and then uh, move on uh, maybe next year. See if we can find one that we think makes sense. Yeah. Mike Halas. Uh, with Lee's camp, what do you have conversations with him? I mean, what does what kind of assurances should he need to leave? What should have definite things should he need to want to come back? I don't know that that question uh, is easily answered, Mike, because that it differs per individual. Some guys get to a point where they're just, it's time to go. It's time to start their professional career. Others, I'll, I'll, I'll go if I get a guaranteed roster spot or I'll, I'll go if I'm guaranteed a two-way. I'll go if I have something guaranteed. Uh, Otherwise, I'll come back, you know, but but everybody's different. So, so to be honest with you, you'd have to answer, ask him and have him answer that question. Uh, what would it take to say, OK, I'm all I'm staying in or what would it take to come back? Obviously, we would uh, welcome him back. We would love to have him back. He's a terrific player and even better teammate. Uh, but he, you know, he's working hard to fulfill his dream and we want to support him in any way that we can. Uh, you know, he's got a, you know, an interesting journey. Uh, anybody that's in that position where they're interviewing with teams, working out for teams, going to the combine, it's, it's a highly competitive situation and he's an incredibly competitive person. So we're rooting for him uh, and helping him any way we can. But as far as, is there anything hard line that he's, thinking about in terms of anything other than this, I'm coming back or, you know, I, I, I can't answer that. He would have to answer that. I want Joe Wieskamp to do what's best for him. I, I hope for the best for him, no matter what that is. Uh, I, I wish him success and good things in life and professionally. All that being said, come on back, Joe. Come on back, buddy. One more year. Huh? One more year with J-Bo in the backcourt. One more year with fans at Carver. One more year hitting last-second shots. You'll be the man. You'll be the man on this team. Come on back, Joe. David Eichel. Yeah, friend, we saw glimpses of what Chris Murray could do last year, I think, specifically when he had a rebound off of Tony Perkins, missed free throw and went up and dunked it. What sort of role do you expect Chris to have this season? What strides do you want him uh, to focus on heading into next season? Yeah, he's going to be a really integral part of everything we do moving forward. You know, he, he was, uh, I think, in a great place last year. If, if we needed to play him more minutes, I have no doubt that he could have. Uh, 
he's a little bit different than Keegan in terms of uh, what he does. Uh, they they complement each other so they can play together. Uh, the one good thing that happened last year is he played a lot in practice at the five spot. He's a bit undersized five, but he could play there. He's played three, four, five for us last year. He learned all the positions. Uh, he's you know, a very good three-point shooter, which is something our team needs. But I think physically he's, he's, he's in a really good place in terms of his strength and conditioning. Uh, I think comp, his confidence is at a really good place. And I'm excited for him to travel with this team overseas. So we'll have him for two months here. And then he'll head overseas and then come back, I think, in a position to uh, really be a not only a factor for our team, but, you know, in our league. Don Doxy. Uh, jump in here real quick. That's it's high praise from Fran, and I guess it's it's what you would expect a coach to say about really any of his guys. But that's encouraging to hear. I mean, it would be great to have Chris Murray have. I, I mean, I don't expect him to ever be what what we expect from Keegan, and I don't know why I say that. I, I don't know anything. I'm just basing this off of Keegan having the kind of freshman year he did, and us not seeing very much of Chris. But if Chris can become to this program, to this team, anything close to what Keegan Murray's uh, expectations have become, my gosh, uh, it's already what a great recruiting win, steal, however you want to put that for Fran McCaffrey to to reach out and get these guys, and obviously their legacies and you know all of that, but they didn't have high major offers uh, out of high school and, and went to that year of prep school, and it seems to really have have transformed them a bit. Really good, encouraging things to hear uh, about Chris Murray and kind of his future within this program. Yeah, Fran, you mentioned that that Joe T won't uh, work out today. Is there anybody else? I know you had a lot of other guys that had off-season surgery. Who else will not work out today? Connor and Aaron Eulis will not. They both had surgery as well. So the three guys that had surgery uh, are not ready to go yet. But I would say Joe T and Aaron Eulis are really close. Connor is going to, you know, he had this basically the same hip surgeries that uh, Jordan had a couple of years ago. So he's way ahead of schedule. You know, he's doing pool workouts. He's uh, walking the Carver steps. He's lifting. He'll do some stuff on the side, but I would think full tilt, probably not till we come back in September. For Connor. So again, an interesting another point guard underwent surgery this offseason. Aaron Eulis uh, didn't didn't know about that, uh, but good to hear that he's on his way back and that Connor's ahead of schedule. I think it's optimistic to think that Connor's going to be a hundred percent by the time the ball tips this fall. But that's what they've been saying ever since, and ever since it, it, you know they announced these surgeries, ever since they announced the injuries, uh, this was their plan, and it sounds like at least up till now it's going according to plan. Uh, and, and again, good things to hear. Chad Lysticko. Right. I, another guy we haven't talked to you about yet is uh, Philip Labracha. What what role do you see him filling uh, out of the portal? I mean, is he uh, a straight five replacement for Luca? But you just mentioned Chris could maybe play the five as well. So does he have other options? I mean, how, how do you envision him fitting into your offense? I think he fits in perfectly, Chad. I mean, he's he's a really skilled six nine guy that can rebound and can handle it can shoot it can drive it and he can pass 
uh, gives us a lot of versatility. You know, he could play up there with Chris and Keegan, with Patrick. I mean, there's any number of combinations, but I, you know, I kind of want him to be a guy that is not a straight five. You know, he'll play the five, he'll play the five a lot, but he'll be out on the perimeter. You know, like we've always done, we run basically run a five out motion. So, you know, you saw Luca as, as he was the best low post player in the country, but spent a lot of time on the perimeter shooting the ball and, you know, took a hundred threes. So, uh, you know, I will encourage Philip to shoot the ball outside to drive and kick the people that are open. Uh, he's a perfect fit for our transition and our motion game. Mike. Fran, uh, just for uh, a couple questions. So the first one's just for housekeeping on at my end. What, what's the specific team that your three players are going to be on? Uh, and what I describe that to people. Yeah, that's a good question because I don't know. This is a little bit different. They typically, Mike, it was called the East Coast All-Stars. But this year they're representing the United States. And it's like the red team, the blue team, and the white team, as, as far as I know, what – if there's anything more than that, I don't I don't know. Uh, well, well, who's that under the auspices of? It, it's, it's, it's the same organization that the guys have gone in the past, Mike, which was the East Coast All-Stars. We've probably had nine, nine players, I think, over the years that have gone on this trip. This is just a – you know, they've only ever taken one team – now they're taking three, and they're playing in a, in a, in a sort of a, 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 a basketball festival of some sort. And uh, so I don't know if they'll be wearing USA jerseys or if they're wearing East Coast All-Star jerseys again. Uh, and, and this is kind of – it's all a little bit tentative, right? I'm, I have no doubt that the, team is good, the teams are going to be going – but you know it's it's obviously an unusual unusual time. Normally, we would be pretty certain if we were going to Switzerland or Estonia or Spain. Like they've gone to all different locations over the years. But this year we have two places, and we're still not even sure which one we're going to yet. But we're going to go to we're going to go to one of those two locations. I, I really think it'll be Switzerland. Uh, and it's it's quite a trip. You know they'll go to Zurich. Geneva, Lucerne, and Bern. I mean, so we have a, a detailed itinerary, but Switzerland, quite honestly, is not open yet uh, for international travel. They suspect that it will be by August. But if by chance it wasn't, we're going to shift and go to the other uh, basketball opportunity in, in, in the United Kingdom. And to be honest with you, Mike, I just heard about that yesterday. Mm -hmm. If, in fact, we don't go to Switzerland, we're going to go to the UK. And they would be on the team Frank Martin's coaching? No, they're not, they're not allowed to all be on the same team. Oh, okay. So what, what I suspect is going to happen is that each one will be on a different team. We could have uh, – you're allowed to have two guys on one team and one guy on another. So that's a possibility. I, I, I would probably prefer to have one, one, and one. But – Again, I haven't had extensive conversations with the guy Rancourt who puts all this together, and he may have a different plan. He may have one team is all from one particular conference or something along those lines, and then the other guys are spread out. I mean, I'll, I'll find out more in the upcoming weeks. 
So it could be two and one, or it could be one, one and one. Okay. Well, uh, and then the question that I thought would be the longer one is what has this last couple, this off season been like so far in this brave new world of college basketball? Um, how, how, if, has anything changed with you guys and, and how do you see things fitting in with the whole co uh, college basketball landscape in general? Because it's certainly been looking at it from the outside, pretty wild. Yeah, Mike, it has been. Uh, and assuming, and we don't know this, assuming NIL goes through in July, that will further change the landscape of sort of how we do business. So your first question is, you know, what's it been like? Well, it's been completely different. You know, when you have 1600 plus names that are essentially free agents, uh, you know, so we really don't know, you know, will that number be a consistent number every year? Will it go up? Will it go down? Uh, you know, will, will NIL become something that triggers even more transfers? That's a possibility. Uh, NIL is not supposed to become part of the recruiting process, but I think you and I are reasonably intelligent people and it will be. Uh, so we'll have to deal with that. But again, we're dealing with stuff that we haven't dealt with before. So we're all kind of going through this uh, at the same time, dealing with the changes as they come. And I, I suspect that coaches in, in my position will, some of us will handle it the same way, some of us will handle it differently. But it's, it's, it's going to be different moving forward as it relates to how you put your team together, essentially. Brave new world in college basketball, and you're seeing uh, head coaches kind of get out of it, right? Um, Roy Williams, Coach K, Lon Kruger, the kind of older guard of coach has decided, you know, transfer portal, name, image, likeness. This is stuff I just kind of don't want to deal with. Uh, Fran has been critical of these things in the past as well. Uh, there's been speculation as to whether or not that hurts Iowa, you know, to have a, a head coach who will utilize the transfer portal but isn't happy about it. Um, I think that's been blown out of proportion, as I've stated on this podcast previously. It'll be interesting to see, though, as we move forward, how his feelings change about it, how the way he talks about it changes, and uh, and how Iowa fares in the transfer portal and that sort of a thing moving forward because it's a thing where Iowa is going to lose players to Blue Bloods, C.J. Frederick in Kentucky, I was going to take players from smaller schools, Philip Abracha from North Dakota. Uh, you're going to have to play in this, in these waters, to be a successful Division One basketball coach. Fran knows that he's a smart guy. He will he will get there, uh, but it is going to be interesting to see kind of how this continues to move forward. You know, and you know, for years we've always built programs. You 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 bring in young kids and you work with them and you help them get better and you make sure they graduate and your mentors 
your counselors, and then uh, they graduate and you have a relationship with them for a long time. And I suspect a lot of players will be like that, but some will not. Some will chase shots, chase minutes, chase more money. Uh, and so that will change how you put your roster together, clearly. And so we have to adjust. You know, we've had to adjust before. I mean, you think about it. I mean, I coached before we had a, you know, a, a, a clock and a three-point line. Certainly played. So we adjust on the court. You adjust in recruiting. We used to have more time to recruit. Then we had less time to recruit. And then we have more strict rules and have to take a recruiting test and all that kind of, I mean, there's been changes over the years that we all all dealt with. So we adapt and it'll be a different experience for the fans, clearly. Uh, you know, and I, I would hope that my roster would remain somewhat consistent from year to year. But, you know, I've had conversations with some coaches that are fully expecting to turn their roster over at least 50% each year. So that's possible. In any given year, you know, you've probably heard, Mike, some programs had nine or 10 guys in the portal. You know, so if you have 13 on scholarship, that leaves you with not enough players to start the game. But there's a 1,600 names that you can go try to get somebody else. So it's, it's really interesting uh, moving forward how this is all going to uh, – sort of end up, but, you know, it, 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 it'll, it, it'll work out. You know, we'll, we won't have any trouble getting people interested to come to the University of Iowa and play in the Big Ten. I can tell you that. We'll have plenty of people who want to come and want to put that jersey on. You may have a few more guys that leave here, anywhere else, and then you, you sign somebody else. Tom Caker. Randy, got twofold question for you. One is, um, you know, I, I asked you about guys going overseas. This was supposed to be a year, I think, where you guys were going to go overseas. Right. Push that back the, a year. And also, yep. the other thing I wanted to ask you about, this is the first time in 15 months you're going to have recruits on campus. Um, what is, how big is that for you guys? And, and how much are you anticipating uh, how busy do you anticipate being in, in June, having guys uh, coming through? Well, it, it, it's really busy. Tom and, and and you you have some athletes who are just anxious to go. As you can imagine, they've wanted to visit campuses either officially or unofficially for 15, 16 months and have not been able to do so. So as soon as it opened up, they want to go. Some of them will want to go officially, some will want to go unofficially. You'll have some guys that want to take five visits in June, and then it starts up again. So that's their junior year visits and then five in their senior year which i think is complicated you start taking 10 visits it makes it you know a much harder decision in my in my you know, from my opinion but uh so this month we're having a lot of officials unofficials uh, and i like i said some some want to take officials right now some don't no, they want to take nothing but unofficials and wait till the fall? Uh, but they do have the option to kind of take take more in a shorter period of time. And clearly, if if it was like it used to be, you'd be able to take five as a junior and spread those out 
and then take five as a senior, which would come a lot quicker. Uh, because pretty much that's starts in the fall. So, you know, we'll, we'll be really busy, Tom, with, with officials and unofficials and on the phone and scheduling and, and everybody else is doing the same thing, but every recruiting scenario is, is different. So every recruit and his family wants to go through the process in a way that they feel comfortable. Some want to quicken the pace. Some want to slow it down. But in many ways, they're forced to go a little bit quicker because everything's happening at once. You know, so will we see more guys committing quicker or not? Some will, some won't. So uh, we feel like we're in a good position with, with some really good players. And we're anxious to get them on campus and anxious to have summer camp. You know, again, all things that so, you know, we have we have summer camp, we have recruits on campus, we have practice. We're, we're kind of back to normal. And Coach, can you confirm that the team will be <clears throat> pushing its overseas trip to next year? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're not going this year. Yep. Yeah, we uh, we were excited to go. You know, we we are in a position to go, but uh, we had a travel ban to August 1st. So and we weren't sure whether or not that would that date would change. So uh, we just decided, you know, we'll, we'll put it off a year. We'll, we'll, we'll thank the money that we have saved and put in reserve for that trip. And we'll be anxious to go next year. Okay, final question, Mark Freund. Hey, Brent, um, I don't think I've seen anything on this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, do you know, and maybe this is a question for, for Matt as well, but do you know if there is a timeline for Jordan to decide if if he'll press charges in this whole incident, or, or do you know anything about that process at all? I, I don't. Uh, you know, I have my opinions on it, but I'll keep them to myself. You know, that's a family matter. It's a personal matter. And, uh, you know, I'm going to support him whatever he decides. There it is. That's Fran McCaffrey's press conference from earlier today via Zoom. It'll be interesting when uh, they can all get back in a room together. Uh, interesting way to end there is that Fran's got his opinion, so he'll keep those to himself right now. I, I think we can all probably uh, read between the lines. And, and you know, he certainly uh, – the – how do I want to say the The press release certainly seemed – like they weren't happy with the way things went down outside of that bar in Iowa City. Uh, anyway, a lot of good stuff there, a lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, this is just going to be a really interesting off season as we await Joe Wieskamp's decision, as we uh, continue to hear how these guys are recovering from injuries, as we hear how Jordan Bohannon works himself into that number two spot. And then a, a just a, kind of an up-in-the-air interesting season coming up. How good is this team going to be? How quickly are they going to gel? Can they play their way to a bubble? Can they play their way back to the NCAA tournament? Wouldn't it be interesting if this is the team that gets to a Sweet 16? I think that's how it's going to happen. It's going to be an un- unexpected thing, you know. It's it's been so long now, and we're all kind of have that out there as our goal. But um, I think ultimately it'll be a team that that we didn't expect to get there that that will get there. Hopefully it'll be 
uh, less than a year from now. Thank you so much for listening. Check out HawkeyeNation.com. Again, the video of that entire press conference is up at HawkeyeNation.com. You can watch that right now and read all the articles, all the good work that's being done by our entire staff. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. I will talk to you again soon. Go Hawks! 